Okay, well, hello, everybody. This is Jeff, True Knowledge, in the house. MCU's Bleeding Edge, another live stream edition, another review show. Uh, this time to do Hawkeye episode one and two. Um, diving right into it, we have, once again, Andrew from Geek News Now Network. It's good to see you, brother. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, and we've got Renee also, uh, a.k.a. Loki's mom, back from sakar.preforms.net, podcast of champions. Okay, thank you. Hi, everybody. And just to launch right in here, um, I know it's going to be a little bit out of order, but um, I'm going to go ahead and play a promo for Hawkeye Episode 3, just assuming that, uh, well, I, it won't be spoiling anything, it's just a promo, so. I have made many mistakes, but I accept the debt I'm paying because of them. Prison has changed me. What is it you're saying? I want to make a deal. Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. I'm working with an Avenger. We're saving the holidays. Can I speak to your manager? Didn't realize you were supposed to bring guns. Definitely not this one. You'll have to say definitely like that. Your arrows more dangerous than that one. Okay. Well, that was pretty neat. Um, not much there to work with, really, other than the fact that Kingpin's obviously going to be back uh, from Daredevil, which is really neat. Um, I don't know if um, Andrew. I don't know if you saw Daredevil already on Netflix. Yeah, I saw. I saw. Was it? No, I only seen the first two seasons. Actually, I think there's a third one, right? I only saw the first. Yeah, two. yeah. I'm on, I'm on season two right now. Um, yeah. so that's where I'm at with it. But so obviously, you know who the kingpin is and whatnot. Um, yeah. Renee, did you catch any of Daredevil, Renee? Yeah, I have seen it. I think I've seen all three uh, seasons, and yet, yeah, uh, and Vincent. Dioff, how do you say his name? Dioffrio or he's Dioffrio. Yeah, yeah, he's just ph phenomenal in the part. He really um he owns it because he's sort of a cross between um John Houston's uh Noah Cross in Chinatown and um Orson Welles Citizen Kane. If you I mean he just really kind of locks into it and, and and he does it he doesn't make it campy at the same time. So yeah, he's, yeah, he was outstanding. Him. Yeah. He was outstanding in daredevil, the daredevil uh, season one, for those of you out there who haven't caught daredevil um, is outstanding. Just the, at least I think it is the first season is just literally great. It's classic. Um, and Vincent D'Onofrio really like throws it down too, um as Kingpin. But um, so we are of course also with geek news now network. I want to make sure I go ahead and, uh, plug away for Geek News Now for GNN. Um, no, uh, no shame here, you know. But uh, we are with Geek News Now Network, and I just want to shout out to everybody at GNN. Um, and of course, thank Andrew for coming over from GNN, you know, to help us out here on the Bleeding Edge. But so, um, as far as that promo trailer goes, it's pretty cool um, that we we know for sure now that Kingpin's going to be in episode three. That's pretty neat. Um, and 
obviously that woman that they showed there at the end of the trailer is Echo. Um, we saw her, we saw her in episode two at the end. I guess she's like the head of like that Russian gang or whatever, or the Russian mafia. Um, Tracksuit. Tracksuit. Yes. <laughs> track track gang. Yes. Um, I guess she's the leader. Uh, and she's got, they, they, when they showed her, um, in episode two, there was kind of like an ominous tone about her, you know, um, mm -hmm. were either, were either one of you surprised at how to, just to kind of lump episode one and two together for a minute, were you surprised that the, at the, of the tone kind of, um, Andrew, uh, of like the seriousness kind of, of like the episodes or like the, you know, kind of like the dramatic no, I wasn't that surprised because, like, in the trailer that we got about a month ago, like, it seemed kind of like lighthearted and kind of like Home Alone esque, like very like Christmassy, Braveheart, Brown Braveheart, uh, Die Hard slash Home Alone. Like, it had <laughs> it had like that festive kind of like explosions, but with like you know some Christmas cheer kind of thrown in. So the tone, I, I I love the tone. It's very different from what we've seen of the MCU show so far. Um, what did you think, Renee? Was it a little bit like uh, more serious than you expected it to be? I mean, yeah, because like it starts off with the real serious, um, the, the uh, young heroine here as a child witnessing the Battle of New York, and then it, that's you know so that brings that back that seriousness of that of the Avengers movie, but then it also. Um, I think it balances the seriousness and the lightheartedness, and I think that's um, kind of a Marvel trademark uh, that they do pretty well. So, yeah, I, um, I guess I wasn't expecting it to be too too lighthearted. I mean, you talking about the trailer being that way, but I, I didn't really expect that. I, uh, it pretty much turned out how I expected as far as the tone, the seriousness balanced with comedy. Well, yeah, I mean, I felt like... Um... I felt like if anything, the tone was 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 less comical than I thought it was going to be. To be honest with you, based off the trailers, but there, mm. there, you make a good point, Renee. Um, when they show off in episode one, when we get like the origin story of Kate Bishop or whatever, basically, um, her father dies in the battle of the, in the Battle of New York, um, and I thought that that was pretty poignant for him to have died that way. You know what I mean? I mean, you want to talk about starting things off pretty serious, you know? Um, to link the battle of New York to his death like that was pretty intense. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and I can see it would, you know, um, it, it, you can see how there would be a personal connection there with Kate Bishop and like maybe the battle of New York or the Avengers or, or Hawkeye or something like that. I thought it was really cool how she walks out of the apartment or whatever and sees Hawkeye like fighting and everything and whatnot and like jumping off the roof and everything, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then of course we see her proceeding to, um, win like, you know, trophies and medals and everything left and right for like martial arts, for fencing, for archery. Um, so she's like basically like a, um, lot, she's very multi-skilled. Um, she's not just an archer. I mean, she can do a lot of different stuff. Um, so basically I guess what I would ask you guys would be looking at episode one, um, as a whole, you know, not even breaking it down from scene to scene. Cause I don't really feel like it's necessary. Um, looking at episode one as a whole, um, what, you know, what, did, what did you really, I'll start with you, Renee. What did you really take out of that first episode? I mean, it was pretty, a pretty, pretty straight shot. Um, was there anything <laughs> specific for you that really stood out, um, in episode one? Um, what I liked about where it kind of jumps into the, um, 
we go from the seriousness and then we jump into where the family's there watching the, the Avengers Broadway show, <laughs> which, you know, and he's just barely tolerating it. And um, I think it, it um, is speaking to something I think they're going to probably present more in, in the next phase of how they've become pop heroes in a, almost reflective of a way of how the fictional characters have become pop heroes, but in, but in the conceit of the movies, it's going to be the real people becoming those pop heroes. So, or, or at least being plagued with that, you know, they have to deal with all the sh their celebrity hood and all that. So I, I, I think that may be what's coming. So I don't know, but, but that did stand out to me. Um, and then there's some, I think it, if it's not in the first episode, it may be in the second. I think Hawkeye sort of waxes philosophical about a little bit about who he is and what he is and all that. And, you know, I think that's kind of standard again to the Marvel thing. But, yeah, but I would say that this, that kind of stood out. The, the Broadway show part just kind of like slaps you in the face. <laughs> well, they really, um, I mean, uh, they really kind of throw you right into the mix you know, with the first episode, like once you get your or the origin story with Kate Bishop, you kind of just go right, they go right into the story, you know? Um, and before you know it, you're right in the middle of it. Um, now I want to say that, um, the, the time, the time lengths on those episodes were like 50 minutes or 51 minutes long with the, with the credits and everything and whatnot. They were pretty long. Um, but Andrew, same same question to you as far as the first episode goes. Um, I know it's a lot to ask you, but if you could pull anything out of that first episode, any part of maybe the episode that stood out to you. Uh, just to build off of what Renee was saying about how like it's fun, like the whole pop culture aspect of how Avengers, especially the Marvel licenses in real life, how it is now where like the toys like yeah, toys for like Thanos, who's like not as big of a character like 10 years ago and stuff like in real life and stuff. But in the show, in the show, like when he's watching the the play, and he's like, it's like I'll tell you who wasn't there was Ant Man, and like, and how he's kind of like, you can tell like he has a little bit of resentment, but at the same time, like he's okay with it, with like where he's not like the he knows he doesn't have the massive cult of personality like how the other characters do, and he's like my, sh you know, he says about about his how his uh, toys don't fly off the shelf or something like that. I don't remember if it's in the first or second episode. I think it's the first one where he says that, but uh the whole kind of him being sort of like uncomfortable with like his celebrityness, like when they're in the restaurant and the, uh, the owner of the restaurant's like, Oh, here, this is like on the house. He's like, Oh, that's not necessary. And he's like, no, please. Like you save the city. And it's like, like, all right. Like there's kind of some kind of, he's coming to terms with the, how he's like the, not the most like high profile Avenger, but then again, he's still like, Oh, right. Like I did, like people still like recognize me and stuff like that. And you yeah, can kind of still see how he's uh, just, mm, I don't know. He's, I got the feeling like he was trying to still like, he's the last of like the OG, right? Like last of the, who are still there. And he's kind of just in this weird transitional period. Cause I don't think he's like working for shield and he's not doing the Avenger stuff. And I don't know. I thought it was interesting, but what, Back to your original question, Jeff. You said what stood out to me was uh, I like the I like Kate's character, especially in the first episode where she does the confidential the confidence thing where the the guy's like, oh, I thought I was the only one working like down here today. And he's like, oh, she's like, uh, Gary sent me. He's like, okay. 
And then when she gets confronted by the actual Gary, he's like, I'm Gary. And, she, and then she's like, instead of like lying or instead of like backing out, she doubles that. She doubles down. And she's like, like, you don't like, how can you not remember? And then she's like offended. And she just like walks off. And I, I, just, I love that. I love that part. So <laughs> one of my favorite parts of the show so far. Well, Cam, it's good to see you, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. I, uh, I I had a really long day at the clinic today, and then I had to basically go straight from that into like a two-hour drive into Sebring. I'm actually at my mother-in-law's house right now, and uh, oh. I just got, I, I just finally like just now got finished watching the first episode. So I don't know if you guys are discussing the second episode too, but I haven't gotten there yet. We're actually we're cover we're we're talking about episode one. Um, okay. And what I was asking everybody else was what like since you just watched it you know what kind of out of the whole episode what kind of stood out for you um well the uh the the first scene definitely was a really good way to get me uh hooked on it uh it was really interesting to see the battle of new york through the eyes of, of someone who wasn't involved who had no idea what was going on you know it it, it almost it, it really felt like uh like uh uh so, so, like, like somebody on the outside witnessing some kind of like really traumatic, you know, war. And um, it was interesting to see from that perspective. So that, you know, really stood out to me. Um, uh, it, 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 and it, it was interesting for a, uh, for a series called Hawkeye. I think that, you know, Clint Barton got maybe six minutes of screen time in total, which yeah, I, I, I was kind of hoping for more of that, but I know that now that he's, you know, met Kate, and, you know, their stories are going to kind of join from there. I know that we're going to see a lot more of him, but I just thought that was kind of interesting, too. Yeah, I think that's a good point to make. I think that you're right. I think that in that first episode, it's really kind of a vehicle for Kate Bishop. Um, that's kind of what we get out of it, you know, um, and it, it is interesting. I mean, I think that, um, you know, I, I had I was pretty optimistic about um, about this actress that she's playing you know, with this role and everything and whatnot, I was pretty optimistic with how it was going to play out. And, um, so far, um, in episode one and two, I'm pretty happy with what we got, um, with Kate Bishop. I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty great. Um, I hate to be, I'm not, we're not, we're not trying to be spoilers here for you, Cam, but we are going to delve into episode two. Um, honestly, to tell you the truth, not that much really occurred. I mean, it, again, as we talked about earlier before the show, Andrew and Renee and I, uh, really in episode one and two, all we really get is like a lot of supposition and like world building kind of, or whatever or story building kind of, um, or, and background and everything and whatnot, you know, like, um, by the time we get to like, uh, the end of episode two, we're just kind of starting to get into deeper into the story. Um, now, so basically, um, uh, Renee, you were just asking me, um, uh, in the chat, if, if Kate Bishop is going to be the next Hawkeye. That's yes. what I'm thinking it might happen because if they're setting her, like you said, they really set her up as the as the main character. Uh, if you just look at this first episode, although it's named Hawkeye, so you're good, Andrew. Um, yeah, no, I mean she is going to be Hawkeye eventually. Okay. Yes, I mean at least in the comic books, that's how they did it. Okay. Um, I don't know. Um, unless, I mean, I'm assuming they're going to stick to what they did in the comic book. So yeah, I would expect her to eventually, uh, you know, adopt the mantle of Hawkeye, but it was really cool seeing her in the Ronin outfit. Um, I loved, I loved the whole Ronin deal with Hawkeye. I really did. Like, uh, I loved him as Ronin. Um, so, you know, I, I really dug her. I love how she just, the minute she put the suit on, 
and um, went ahead and started fighting with the bad guys and everything like that. All of a sudden, she became like a target, you know, by like the 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 uh, the tracksuit mafia or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I thought that was really neat. How um, I like I like that part of the story. The idea that there was kind of like unfinished business, almost kind of like with Ronan, where he he made enemies. Hawkeye did as Ronan, and like there's there's lingering. I guess issues or whatever, you know, as far as that goes. And that's a big part of the story. I think, you know, is that, um, essentially he's, he decides to stay in New York because there's people out there that are wearing the Ronin uniform. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and he feels like he's got to step in and kind of clean that up. They don't explain exactly what Hawkeye's doing right now. They don't say whether he, obviously he's not with shield anymore, but they don't say whether he, you know, what his whole deal is yet, you know, right now, like, um, I'm assuming that they decided to like not prosecute him or anything like that for his crimes um, as Ronan or else he'd be, he'd be you know, on the raft or he'd be in prison. But um, sticking again with episode one, um, did you guys feel like uh, Renee, did you feel like, um, did you feel like it, the episode was really long? Did you feel like they crammed a lot into it or did you feel like it was a pretty straightforward deal? Uh, no, I don't think they crammed too much into it. I mean, they it was fast paced, um, uh, without a lot of action. Uh, like I said, because it was even though it was fast paced, it was going from scene to scene, and we found out a lot about her future stepdad or whatever he is, and his involvement with the crime world and the possible murder or, or probably obvious murder of of her. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know who, who Armand is to the family. I guess he's a friend of the family or something to Kate Bishop. And then, you know, we're setting up her Kate Bishop's mother. Uh, of course, they've got a major star playing that role. So, you know, we can see she's probably going to play some part in the, since she's got a lot of money or something like that, she's probably going to be a financier the way Stark was or something, to, maybe to a lower level, but I can sort of see her playing that part. So they're setting her up. Yeah, and there's just like I say a lot of exposition, and then they bring in the one-eyed dog, and we're all wondering, well, what in the world? What's up with that? And all that? Why does he just have one eye? And all that type of stuff. So yeah, it's it's just a lot going on in it. But but like you say, not a lot of action. Just some just a few good scenes thrown in there. So I'm hoping that's going to improve. <laughs> as yeah, they, they, they threw the dog in there just kind of out mm -hmm. of nowhere. It was like here yeah. he was, you know, like. Um, <laughs> Uh, I forget what they I forget what they call that dog um, in the comics. I think it's his name is like Pizza Head or something like that or Pizza Face. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I can't remember what the dog's name is, but it's like something the pizza dog. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, same to you. Going to you too, Cam. Did you feel like, I mean, the episode was like 50 minutes long. Did you feel like, um, like, like Renee said, like it kind of just like flew right by or did you feel like there was a lot that went on? Yeah. Um, it, it did feel like it kind of flew by, uh, the, and the, there was also a lot going on too. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to have those two, uh, concepts, you know, coincide that much, but, uh, um, the, they uh, they put a lot in there, I think, without cramming in too much uh, information, if, it, if that makes any sense. It was more about building the characters and having character moments rather than explaining to us exactly what's going on. Yeah, um, 
uh, like, like for, for example, um, uh, during the, the, the Rogers play, whenever uh, uh, Clint Barton sees, you know, the, the woman who's playing uh, Natasha Romanoff and, you know, the, the music kind of dr- like, kind of like drowns out into silence and he's just kind of like fixated on that. I thought that was a really strong moment. Uh, it's, you know, what, whenever that, whenever that, it's something I like about the MCU a lot because it, it's not afraid to take time to have the characters slow down and kind of let the moment, uh, you know, like let the moment build and let the characters uh, be allowed to, you know, have feelings and express those feelings in some way. You know, you, you see a lot, especially in, you know, long running franchises you know, as the franchise grows uh, and, you know, c- the concepts and ideas continue continue to grow, a lot of writers kind of fall into the trap of, you know, conveying these new ideas through a lot of information, through a lot of exposition, telling us what's going on, telling us how the characters are feeling, telling us how the characters are growing, rather than just having a kind of flow organically. And I think that th- I think that's something that this show has started off doing fairly well. Um, and did it fly by? Yeah, it it, it kind of did. I it, the episode kind of left me wanting a little bit, but at the same time, that's what the first episode of a show is supposed to do. That's what keeps you coming back and wanting more. So in that sense, I think that it I think it succeeded. Um, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to watching episode two, and I'm actually going to do that as soon as I get off of here. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Well, I mean, honestly, you know, um, I I don't feel like you missed that much not seeing it yet i'll just put that out out there to you now um there's nothing there's nothing really crazy that goes on in episode two that would be like spoiler like type material or anything like that i think you know with where where i think that anything we could say would really impact how you know how how you're viewing of episode two i guess um but going to you andrew just the same kind of deal if you have anything to add to that as far as episode one goes the length of it and everything did you feel like you know you it, you ran right through it 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 definitely feel it felt like 50 minutes to me because i was watching it and i was like like how long is this episode and like I, for some reason i was like did, did i pay attention and like did the second episode already start because it felt kind of like long and i checked and i still have like 10 minutes left i'm like okay like five minutes of that's like credits i'm like okay so we're almost done with this but uh yeah it doesn't it didn't feel like really quick it definitely felt like it's runtime, but I think that's because like it felt like a lot happened in that 50 minutes. So that could be why I like I wasn't bored with it, but I was like, how much like am I almost done with? Because I'm always like aware, like when I'm watching movies, like yesterday I was watching the Resident Evil movie that just came out, and I was like, How much time is left in this movie? And I check and I'm like, okay, like hmm, like that's the pacing's kind of weird off. But back to this right now. Um, yeah, yeah, it feels like 50 minutes, but not in a bad way. Uh, it, it, it the, the 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 new Resident Evil movie uh, is is what's her name the main character in that movie that's the the same actress that's always been in those Resident Evil films no 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 it's a complete reboot oh they oh oh they, uh, uh, Mia Jovovich yeah. yeah yeah it's not her it's not she, her she's not in that one yeah but really? uh, um, uh, uh, Haley Seinfeld though the girl who plays Kate Bishop is actually in uh, I don't know if you guys you know are keeping up with stuff that's coming out on Netflix but uh. The show Arcane, that's you know ba- that that's you know based on League of Legends and stuff like that. Honestly, one of the mm. best shows I've ever seen in my life. L- l- like completely ten out of ten. Haley Steinfeld voices the main character of that show. So so it, oh. it was it was kind of interesting to 
to uh, to to put the face to the voice because I don't think I've seen Haley Seinfeld in live action in anything else. If I have, I have I didn't recognize her, but she's in uh one of my favorite movies from 2010, True Grit. I don't know if you saw the remake of True Grit. Oh yeah, True Grit. She's the little oh. she's the little girl in that movie. Oh, she is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So she was already a standout even back then because I mean, yeah. I, if I remember correctly, I think that didn't she get like Oscar talk and everything like that and everything just based off that she got she won awards for that for that role yeah i don't think it was oscar i think it was a uh, academy award stuff but yeah yeah so i mean you know so she already even you know i i had forgotten that andrew now that i I had completely forgotten all about that um that 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 was her that actually and i just remember she's also what's her name she's uh spider woman slash gwen stacy in the spider uh, uh, spider that's right that's right yeah oh that's awesome Yeah. No, I mean, you know, um, to kind of slip into, you know, into episode two, as well as episode one, there wasn't that much action. Um, but, um, going right back to you, Andrew, for what there was, for what we, for what we did get action wise, um, excluding the stupid sword fighting and everything with Hawkeye in that one scene or whatever, which is whatever. But, um, as far as like the, the action that we see with Kate Bishop with, you know, with her hand to hand skills and everything like that, since we haven't really seen her shoot the, the bow and arrow that much. What'd you think of all that? Did you think that it she pulled it off? I like the fencing scene and I like, I, I really enjoyed that scene. Actually. Uh, I liked how, when she's like kind of pushing her, uh, her mom's boyfriend being like, like I could tell like you're holding back. Cause like, like he's really not trying. And then it's only when he's not paying attention to her that he like instinctively tries. And she's kind of trying like, like there it is. Like you saw that, like, like he's, like he's hiding something. So I like the I like the sword, like the fencing, all that stuff. She's like knowledgeable about she's like talking about like foils and eat it pays and like so she knows her stuff. And and like you said, like in the in the credit sequence in the beginning of the first episode where like it's just like trophies and like you're kind of it's like showing you through the credit sequence that she's that's what she's accomplishing and stuff. Like she's she's like formidable. Like even when she meets like Hawkeye, she's combatively like formidable. She just doesn't have like all the the stuff that comes with experience. Like when she meets him and he's like, like, and he's like looking around. She's like, Oh, like, are you like, look, are you like doing like the situational awareness thing? Like she doesn't know about like stuff outside of combat. And she's trying to like kind of glean that off of Hawkeye. But I do this when I go off on tangents, but back to your point about the sword fighting stuff. I do enjoy that. Um, I believe, and I, I don't know if we're going to get to this point yet, but the character of her, of her stepfather in the comics, he is a character called the Swordsman, who is kind of like the mentor for Hawkeye. It looks like they're switching things around with the show. But I remember from reading like some of the Silver Age comics that her stepfather or the boyfriend of her dad of her mom is supposed to be the Swordsman character. That's why he has like that goofy mustache and stuff. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. This 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 series, of course, is based off of like the Matt Fraction run of Hawkeye or whatever from 2012 to 2014, I believe. Um, yeah, that's what that's why it's got the hearing aid. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I, you know, I'll ask you, I'll, I'll just to switch up the question a little bit, Cam. Um, what did you think of that? What did you think of that opening uh, credits scene? What did you think of that intro that they did for episode one? Uh, I thought, I thought, I thought it was interesting. It was a nice way to con- to convey uh, uh, not, not, to it, it was a creative way to show not not only a passage of time but also to show context behind the characters. Um, the, the, I mean, the, 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 there were some pretty interesting shots in there. I, li- I liked uh, 
showing uh, uh, the, the two of them, uh, Kate Bishop and her mother sitting at like a dinner table. And then uh, it, it, it kind of fades into Kate Bishop and her mother sitting at the same dinner table, but Kate Bishop is grown up, but her mother hasn't changed at all. Like, uh, like the, the only person that changes is Kate Bishop. I thought that was kind of interesting. I feel like, uh, I feel like that might be kind of foreshadowy in some way, but maybe I'm just reading too much into it. <laughs> but um, it, it, it was an it was an interesting sequence. You know, I I, I like whenever a show can uh, uh, convey something through an opening credit sequence. Rather, instead of just having it just be an opening credit sequence, because you see that you see that a lot in a lot of shows, like especially anime, it's just there to Save look pretty time. and be and be snazzy. But um, this one actually, you know, conveyed some type of message with it. Well, I feel like Marvel Studios has done a really good job with these these like intro title scenes and stuff like that with all these these series. But um, Renee, what did you think of the action and whatnot and everything in episode one and two? Uh, obviously mostly with Kate Bishop. How, how did, what did you, did you feel like she sold it? Um, it didn't really, it wasn't really a lot of extended violence where you, I mean, she, there, there were some gymnastics and whatnot in there and that's, you know, what you expect. Um, but like I said, it wasn't really extended. I mean, it wasn't anything where she's like a slam dunk kill or, or not necessarily put quotes around kill, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, it kind of was abrupt. Uh, some of it was you know, even funny. The where they were the guys were lobbing the Molotov cocktails the, in the department. And he's throwing them back. You know, that's more Keystone Cop type comedy. You know, got a feeling these guys are gonna. I don't know if they're gonna be the bad guys or if they're gonna be the bad guys who kind of have to help Hawkeye out somewhere down the line. I kind of got feeling that's gonna that's gonna play into it. So I've, I'm seeing them as the comedy relief coming in. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but like I said, I, I, I think we all got teased with that long extended <laughs> chase scene um, in the in the big trailer that we saw. And I'm right now I'm staring at a poster of Bullet with Steve McQueen in it, and that you know that and that's one of the things I love in types of movies: just really good action, street level, not green screen. It's it's actually. They're actually running, you know, up and down streets and doing this stuff. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. So, you know, maybe they're just, they're like you say, as Cam said, you know, they're just holding back a little bit right now. Why give it all away right now? So, well, so don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it, that, put it well, I, I'm going to say I'm satisfied with the action at this point. Then. Well, let me ask you, Cam, um, you know, since, since, um, just, since we're just working with episode one with you, basically, since you haven't seen episode two yet, um, if you had to contrast kind of like the Loki series versus this series, what do you think is really, what do, what do you feel like stood out to you? That's, that was really different. Um, well, uh, look, Loki was definitely setting up a more cerebral story. Um, it, 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 it wasn't action centric. There was action in it, but it was more about, um, it it was more about the adventure of it all. It was more about the discovery, uh, whereas Hawkeye, I feel like, is more about uh, not necessarily just so much about the action, but 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 more of passing the mantle of the action on to somebody else, uh, if if that makes any sense. Um, so, but something I did notice about. Uh, about about the action in, in episode one you know you, you have the fight scene in that you know basement winery um 
that the, the, the editing I thought what I thought was really awkward. It was kind of hard to tell what was going on in that fight scene, to be honest with you. I don't know if it was just like the downgrade and uh, visual quality that comes with, with streaming. Unfortunately, that's kind of inevitable, but uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm really hoping that they improve the editing of the action moving forward because uh uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know if they just if, if it was just hard to work with the stunt double or the or the environment that they had going on there. But the 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 the, 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 the choppy editing and the quick cuts it it was very jarring. It was hard to it was kind of hard to tell what was going on. But then but then you take that and you put it against a show like Loki. Uh, I I thought the action of that of that show was incredibly well filmed uh tom hiddleston was great uh you could see that he was doing a lot of his own stunts whereas you know Haley steinfeld uh we don't quite get that yet um i mean for all we know it could have been a stunt double the entire time inside that suit which uh, which I, I i gotta say i thought it was hilarious that the suit just did not fit her you could tell that it that, that it it was like wearing the the, the biggest pair of cargo shorts that you could find it just kind of hung off of her i thought that was hilarious <laughs> kind, kind of like big helmet in space balls <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah kind of like that I, I hadn't thought of that to be honest with you but now that i am i just i can't i can't not picture that i feel like the hood is just like the, the, the hood on her is like a quilt well what did you what did you think renee if you had contrasting this this show and loki like kind of what what did you what what would the differences be for you yeah, I think Cam nailed it. I think Loki's what Loki has going for it was it. It's got a lot of world building to do to it, and that can be fun in itself if it's done right. Because um, you're seeing all these fantastic. Oh my gosh! You know, we find out that all of a sudden the Infinity Stones are just powerless where he's at. I mean, it's just it's just dead, and so he and, and all of his his realization of of what he's having to go through. Whereas Hawkeye, we're, we we don't know what's going through Hawkeye's head. I mean, at this point, he's he's obviously retired. I guess he's trying to you know spend time with his family after the whole Avengers deal up through Thanos and the snap and the snapback and all that and whatever. And he's just wanting to just spend time with his family. Um, and then, boom! Here comes this. What he's seeing right now is an inconvenience. He's oh, he's going to take care of the next week and. So I guess that's that's where we're going with it. Um, so yeah, like you say, the the world building is a lot less for um, Hawkeye than for Loki. Um, where if you want to contrast where the action was really started, I mean, Falcon and, and Winter Soldier, you just opened with a long extended action sequence that was just really that was just you know a, a peach to get you into that series. Whereas this series and of course Wanda and then Wanda's there again, you got you've got world building going on. So I think that's just where Hawkeye's gonna kind of drop down because he didn't have you don't have the opening action that much and you don't have the world building either. It's pretty mundane world building as far as these characters go. Well, Andrew, coming off of what if, was it nice to just have like a like a live action show again? Like uh did, did you did you appreciate that? Did you like the fact that it was just an Earth based kind of show? I did. I w after like everything when the because uh, I remember at the start of the year, 
we had like the entire schedule of like the, everything Marvel related for the entire year. And it was supposed to be like something every single week. And then about like what around June or July, there was like that, like, eh, like we're going to alter the release schedule for the movies and then like kind of pushed everything back. And so then I was like, okay, well after Loki, like what is there left? And like going to what if, um, I, I forget sometimes if what if it's even like canon in a way or non-canon or what whatever the deal is with that show. But coming back to like, I remember when you told me over the weekend, you're like, oh yeah, like we're gonna watch uh, Hawkeye on Wednesday. I'm like, oh, like, I, I snuck up on me real quick. I forgot Hawkeye was coming out. <laughs> like not that it was coming out, but it was coming out so soon. I thought it was December for some reason. And so like, as I was watching it this morning, I was like, oh, it's like Jeremy Renner. It's like, oh, all right, like, back to like actual like avengers like characters from the actual movies like okay like yeah it felt like okay this like the the word loki kind of left off with like all the stuff going on with the multiverse stuff and then us coming back to here it was like it's nice to have something that's not like a apocalyptic omega level event to just kind of be like a small like focus story on this character and i guess his protege in a way and just something that's a little more like Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like I like the small kind of like not apocalyptic events. I like the small focus stuff. So watching it this morning and like with the whole Christmas vibes and everything, I'll be, I'll yeah, I'll be home in time for Christmas. And like, like, ah, like I love this. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with you, Andrew. I think that, uh, you know, that, that, that the MCU does the big, you know, world ending stuff very well. I mean, I mean, uh, obviously they, they do, but I felt, but, um, I'm always a, a, a sucker for a really good and grounded story. And I, I, th I think that's why uh, the MCU films like, you know, The Winter Soldier and Civil War and, you know, things like that work so well because it focuses not on huge apocalyptic, you know, earth shattering events. It focuses more on the drama. It focuses more on what the characters are going through. And, uh, I thought I, th I think I might have said at um, uh, the the last the, the last episode of this that I was on, but the Winter Soldier has been my favorite MCU film since I started getting into the MCU, and uh, the the characters and the drama that's what really grips me. You know, I've got huge big action set pieces. You know, they're exciting to see. Obviously, you know it's a, it's a lot of fun. You know, there's some great spectacle. Uh, you know, a lot of green screen, unfortunately, but it's a lot of fun to watch. But um, but what whenever you dial it back and you focus on, uh, you know how those big action set pieces affect, you know the the mentality, the emotion of the characters. I think that's where the real gripping, you know, meat of these films is. That's why Civil yeah. War is my favorite movie of those. Civil War is my absolute favorite for that for the all the reasons Cap said. Just Civil War and then Winter Soldier right behind that. So, well, yeah. don't forget, Cam, with Winter Soldier, that there is some, there is green screen in that, but they made, but the Russo brothers made an effort to make sure that a lot of the action scenes and whatnot in that film were actually done with stunt doubles in real life. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, like yeah. That, that was something that they were, they were really looking to do. Yeah. I, th I think that all the best MCU movies have come from the Russos. You know, uh, Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity yeah. War, Endgame, um, and and what, what, while the Russos didn't direct Falcon and Winter Soldier, the influence is there. You know that that they brought in a lot of like the uh, the like the musical cues, a lot of the filming um, and editing styles from those movies they brought into that too. 
Um, and you know, I, I, they, they really work to, uh, to, to really bring the most out of each character because, you know, you, you can, you can have, you know, something happen to a character, something super emotional, and you can have a shot kind of lingering on their face from it. But it, it but it, it's not just about, you know, lingering on, lingering on their face. You know, there has to be a lot of context established. There has to be, you know, um, good ambiance to kind of convey the feeling because obviously an actor can only do so much. It falls, it, it falls on the director to say, okay, what can I do to elevate this scene? And, um, and, and some MCU films really hit that and some of them don't, but I, but, but I, I know, well, I, in my opinion, I know uh, that the Russos do it the best in the MCU and they have done it the best in the, in the MCU. And I really hope that they come back to direct at least one more movie well, we were actually talking about this the other day, how cool it would be if the Russo brothers decided to come in and do Captain America 4. You know, like, I think that I think it would be great to see the Russo brothers do a Captain America film with, with Sam Wilson. Absolutely. Like, you know, it, yeah. it, I, I just think it would be really interesting to see what they would end up with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I you know, oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Renee. No, I, I was just saying I agree. Yeah, because I think like I said before, I'm, I'm really, I think the action is what keeps me going the most for all this. I mean, the characters certainly, but I really like how they do their action. And I guess is pointing out it's the root is coming from mostly from the Russo brothers um, versus some of the other uh, movies that we've seen. And, um, other and the other like verses, you know, like the DC and the X Men verses. Even even with that, I haven't seen as well as the Russo brothers have done. Sure, um, and I think that you know, um, can basically uh, in episode two, um, at the end of it, we do get to see um, Echo, the new character Echo. Um, she pops up at the end of episode two as like the leader of like the um the the, the, the tracksuit gang or whatever the tracksuit gang um so i just wanted to ask i know you you didn't see we you don't really see anything but just her kind of her face um and like what she kind of looks like we don't other than that you know we don't really see anything but just based off of like what you know what we saw the little bit we did see her of her in episode two and what we've heard about her what if I just wanted to ask, you know, if anybody has anything to offer as far as like their expectations with that character, you know, what kind of what would it be? And I'll start with you, Andrew. I have no idea who Echo is. So I just I remember the announcement a while back that she was getting her own show. But like when I saw at the end when they had that reveal, I'm like, like, I don't know who this is. So I was lost. I was like, I'm guessing she's just the leader of this group. And I just figured we'll find out next episode. So I don't have any more to add other than that. I'm Got sorry. you. <laughs> Renee, do you have anything to add to that? Well, other than her connection to Kingpin, I mean, that's, you know, I was expecting that because that's been the rumor that he would come back. Um, so, you know, I've got my eyeballs looking for Vincent. Um, but yeah, uh, she's she kind of like abruptly just appears. And, um, and I'm just trying to, I can't remember if he even the Daredevil uh, TV show if Kingpin mentions her. I'm I, no. maybe no. So I'm I'm wondering why that is, and um, 
how is she her is she his real daughter or an adopted daughter of some kind you know which that seems to be common uh, a common motif uh in the series but anyway that yeah I just, i'm looking forward to see what what they do with it and i believe she is a a, a deaf actress if, yes in real life yeah yes hmm. Cam, this is what you missed basically before when we were waiting for you to come on. I have made many mistakes, but I accept the debt I'm paying because of them. Prison has changed me. What is it you're saying? I want to make a deal. Tell you a secret. Yeah. I'm working with an Avenger. We're saving the holidays. Can I speak to your manager? Didn't realize you were supposed to bring guns. Where are the regular arrows? Oh my god, trick arrows? Definitely not this one. You'll have to say definitely like that. Yeah, I'd have to say that, Renee, I probably would have to agree with you that I think that, like, uh, the Echo character is probably going to end up becoming an ally to Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, I think, by the time the series is, is over. But don't forget that we're supposed to also get um, Yelena Belova in this series as well at some point. She's supposed to pop up. Um, you know, they, they announced that several months back or whatever that she, that from the Black Widow film that she's going to be she's going to be in the series. So, Cam um what, what were, do you have any thoughts on echo the character echo and whatnot and like you know that we saw there in that trailer uh briefly um and what are your thoughts on the fact that they're going to be rolling kingpin into the show um well i i don't know enough about echo to be able to make a call one way or another as far as expectations go but um if the if there is something that the mcu has gotten better at over time it's it's creating unique villains and i think that uh, uh even if i don't know very much about about her character going into it i'm still excited to see where the character goes because uh you know but between characters like you know thanos the winter soldier zemo uh, uh i mean even even surter and thor ragnarok i thought was great um i'm I have high hopes. I I I really do. Um, and as as far as Kingpin goes, uh, I I love the Daredevil TV show. I think it's uh, a really really great show. Um, and I I wasn't. I, I honestly didn't know that they were bringing in the Kingpin until you showed me this just now. So thanks for that. Now I have something else to look forward to. There is a caveat there. There's but, a caveat there, Jeff. Um, I don't think that's. I think that's a fan trailer again. <laughs> no, I think. You think look, is it? Went, yeah, because look, you went to that's the screen culture one link, right? That you have. Yes. So I'm looking at the description for it, and it says trailer concept, and then further the description it says oh, this. Yeah. The inspiration behind this video. And oh. Then 
Yeah, because I'm looking at the comments and like one of them was like, "Oh, this is a fan." I was like, "Yeah, right." Cause like, yeah. like when the kingpin is talking, he's not the background doesn't match the room that he's in with the where the other got you rest. Yeah, I don't I'm like. Is that like, so? That's not a, so. You, uh, maybe you're right. I guess that's not an official Marvel Studios trailer. Right. Yeah, you got to watch out for those concept trailers. Yeah. They get you. Well, you know what? I I I was rushing to grab that, so like that's kind of where that where I was at with that. I was trying to really quick grab it right before we started the show. So, uh, hey, you know what? If Kingpin all of a sudden doesn't show up in episode three, I I, I apologize. Oh. Uh, <laughs> That's the oh second God. time it's happened. <laughs> hey, you know what, Andrew? That's why we like to have you on here, brother. It's good. It's good to. It's good to have somebody that to be a fact checker on the show and whatnot. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen with me with these trailers. So uh, fake um, news. But uh, so um, I, I'm just gonna, I, Cam. I know you didn't see episode two, so so I don't expect you to be able to answer on this one. But um, starting with you, Renee, if you had to, if you had to give like a one through ten ranking. Uh, or rating or whatever for episode one and two, what what would you come up with? Do you think if you had to just kind of like guesstimate, like what would you put out there if you were going to rate those episodes? Um, I would give number one first episode um, a seven and a half based on the um, internet movie database stars. I would say a seven and a half, and then episode two a seven. Okay. That's fair. Cam, what do you think about episode one? Um, I, I'd say, uh, I'd say I, I give it roughly a seven as well. Um, it, it was gripping where it needed to be. Um, uh, the, but the, 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 uh, the, the, the sloppily edited action really kind of drug it down for me, but, uh, but I'm, I'm sure moving forward, it, it's not going to be a huge deal. It, it's it'll probably improve, but, uh, uh yeah, I'd say, I'd say I, I give it about a seven. Okay. Andrew? Um, well, just thinking about, like, I don't want to just copy what you're saying, but like a seven sounds about right because there's nothing that's like amazing or outstanding about it, but it's, there's nothing that I really can complain about. Like, it's not bad in any way. I can't, like, I'm trying to think of like, what was something that I had a problem with? I can't think of anything I had a problem with. I mean, building off of what Cam said about the action, like, other than the stuff she did with the bottle where she's kind of just like bonking all of them with the bottle and like using the angles and stuff with the bottles. Like other than that, like, yeah, I can see where like the quick cuts and it's kind of like, like, well, what's going on? And like, we constantly see like action through the, through the, the shelves with the, with the, with the bottles and stuff. So you kind of like, kind of like work. It's one of those things where when you're watching a movie, you're watching a show. And like, if you ever try to like consciously be aware of the space that they're in and saying like, which way are they facing now? Like where are the characters facing? And other than like the bottle bonking stuff, it was kind of like a little muddled. Um, seven feels about right. I have no major complaints. It just was just it was just okay. It was just okay. And what about episode two? Would you could you give us a rating for that one? I mean, did you feel like episode two was kind of like a step back from episode one? Yeah, I think I had more fun with episode one just because like we had like the whole establishing stuff of the who the characters were, but. Yeah, second one, not nearly as enjoyable. Honestly, even though I saw both episodes today, I clearly remember episode one much more, left a bigger impression. And then episode two, I'm like, kind of like, like, did that happen or did that happen in episode one? And like, so I'm kind of like a little muddled there. Although I did, 
enjoy some of like the character like moments like with the 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 with the fencing and everything that was enjoyable but um yeah i think episode one is a stronger premiere than the second episode was so yeah um, i think i I mean if i had to come up with ratings i probably would say that i'm probably in the same ballpark area that you guys already were which is i probably would say episode one i do like a seven and a half or an eight maybe and then episode two i probably would say more like a six and a half um you know or or, you know maybe a seven but like more like a six and a half or a six maybe um just because there was a little bit of a, a drop off for me i felt like um but basically um oh we lost cam um so basically, I mean, that's pretty much all I really had for this, guys, for, you know, as far as uh, as episode one and episode two went, I, I I really didn't feel like there was that much to really talk about. Hey, Cam. Um, yeah, so, sorry about that. My browser crashed for some reason. I just I just remembered a huge part. Was episode two the one with the LARPing scene or was that episode one? Yeah. yeah no, two. That was so out of place, but I, mm-hmm. equal, I equally loved it and equally hated it at the same time. So, Cam, when you get there... Well, you'll, you'll see when you get there, but there's like this really we like awkward kind of moment for for Hawkeye, where with the the LARPing scene where he has to get he has to get something back, right? We're just gonna say that he has to get something back, and he has to compete in a LARPing event to get it back. And it's just so like it's it's like that Marvel kind of self awareness where it's hilarious, but at the same time, it's also kind of like. It takes itself too seriously with the slow mo shots where he's just like with this plat with this fake wooden sword, like just beating up all these LARPers. And it's just like it it, it reminded me. If, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie. Um shoot, what was that movie with Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott, where they had to take care of like young, younger kids? It's like some kind of uh anyways. Uh, that, do you remember what you're talking about, Jeff? I think it's yes. like Role models or something like that. Or no, role, throws, models. role models, yeah. I think. But it's kind of like that. If you ever seen that movie where it's just like they introduce LARPing as a thing and it's just used to like hilarious and equally bad effects. So yeah, yeah. Episode one is stronger now. I know for sure. Yeah, episode one is a stronger <laughs> episode. Well, um, basically that was pretty much all I really had to work with as, as far as this review went, guys. So, I mean, we're going to actually try to clock in for under an hour on this one. Um, I want to, again, just go ahead and plug Geek News Now Network. Um, Cam is here from Geek News Now. Andrew's here from Geek News Now. Um, th- and thanks for being on here, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, um, no problem. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was good to see you. Thanks. And uh, Renee, coming from Podcast of Champions, uh, sakar.freeforums.net. We appreciate you coming on again. Thank you. And um, for, uh, for Cybernetic Shark and myself, uh, Jeff, uh, here at the MCU's Bleeding Edge, and for everybody at GNN, we just want to uh, say good night, and uh, we'll see you uh, next time. Bye bye.